Hey, everybody. Can Welcome. anybody find me <laughs> somebody to okay. love? This is what I was talking about. To talk to. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the middle of a fucking set. Oh, uh, <laughs> god damn. <laughs> Let's hear it to this. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no alcohol. Don't stop me now. <laughs> let me let me let me do like hey everybody hey everybody welcome to big black block big black cock <laughs> oh, oh, podcast oh, Freudian slip yo and then and then uh, and then you do the the oh, yeah okay. Hey everybody welcome to big black clock podcast. Can anybody find me? Oh man, we're canceled. Somebody there you go. To love. Yeah, I am Dimitri. We have here Kevin. Kevin and Alex. Our, he became a regular recently. Yeah. Yeah, we promoted yeah. him to a regular. Yeah, Alex. He is was a, kind of a guest. Won't leave. <laughs> You're only doing appearances now. It's what is it that time. they call he, he in movies when they get squatters rights? Somebody in the crowd in the movies when they just pay somebody to kind of just stand in the Killers. cameo. No. Cameos? cameos? No, no cameo. Cameo is not. Extras. Ba- ba- extras. extras? Yeah, you're uh, like an extra. Yeah. Especially today. You get paid I in coffee cups, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially today. So I'm in the uh, last podcast, when we were finishing, we were saying, hey, a great subject for the next episode would be to talk about our buying that? process. You, eh? Okay. I did. Great, great yeah. idea. It was an excellent idea. It was the greatest was the idea you ever had. Only people, one. People come to you and tell you this is the best <laughs> idea. Nobody ever had an idea like this before. <laughs> and of course, did you do you did you prepare for this assignment, Dimitri? Did you prepare for this podcast? Yes, I did. I did. And, and you know uh, what? Did, you can ask. Let's me. ask Alex if he did. I, I did. Kevin, did you prepare for? I, I prepared. I, I you know yes. I thought about. it. I was like, I prepared. I mean, I expected this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would be normal. the normal person yeah. thing. I to honestly, do. I honestly like. I had no doubt. I had exactly no doubt. Yeah. because we're we're normal and we we have you know we're we're not pieces we, we of shit. We are normal. I think. Well, you know, we're like well. Normal pieces of yeah, shit. Normal. But we're like, you know what? It would be just the right responsible thing to do. Yeah, I think so. So Look, we're, we're running a podcast. We kind of have to exactly. prepare, right? Like, I feel like it's just... So, and and so, Alex, so, did you prepare? So, did you, Carl, what, so what like, uh, numero A. Ah. <laughs> I, got, I got bamboozled. <laughs> by English. <laughs> by, by, by tasks. Numero B. Uh, <laughs> I didn't prepare for the right episode today. So uh, I got... What about the left... Oh my god! I don't know. I should have uh, said that. Yeah, no. <laughs> and you're out. Uh, so I prepared for the wrong episode. I prepared like a couple of weeks in advance, and yeah. because of that, I'm guessing what I prepared for is going to be canceled anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I got the question a bit just before the podcast. I'll do my best. Worst case, if I don't, if you don't hear me anymore, it's because we just removed my whole line sure. for that. Yeah. So. Um, you know, to 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 go in the topic of our conversation today, what we're going to be talking about is the buying process. Mm-hmm. Obviously, by popular demand, mm-hmm. you know, the buying <laughs> process uh, and the decision process in uh, buying a watch for yourself. That's right. Um, before we jump into the topic, let's uh, do a quick wrist check. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with uh, Alex. Did you prepare that at least? Uh, yeah. So for this week, wrist cheese, I have my Silver Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, Boulevard does anybody ever call it Sailor Moon like if you type that in Google would you actually get a watch there's a lot of manga yeah, so it gets anime I think yeah I think you get like a hentai <laughs> not that I want anything <laughs> a lot of a lot of octopuses yes it's a, octopus? as uh, they say it's octopus? a octopi octopus octo- <laughs> like, like the 3.14 mm-hmm. um, yeah so I have the second best watch after the Speedmaster that went to space what's the f- what's the first 
Well, second, the best watch after Speedmaster yeah, after was Speedmaster. the first. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Speedmaster, I guess. Sounds and it's because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that because like it's good. Like a catch-22, your question. <laughs> catch-22. Uh, yeah, I already talked about our watch. Uh, still wearing it time to time uh, on a little strap. It's a beautiful watch. It is. Uh, it, I love it. It's another watch for the price. It's um, 96B251 is the reference. Oh, thanks. Uh, was, for sure. I, I, I'm trusting you on this one. You've contributed to quite yeah, well. Thank you, Kevin. So, um... Yeah, I think uh, that's the only watch I really own, mainly because of his backstory. Really? Okay. I, I gotta say, I really love the design. I love no, that no, no, watch. No, no, like, no. I'll never buy a watch that I don't I think find, it's your best I, watch. I don't look nice. Uh, well, I have a better watch than that. But you should just get rid of the rest. Yeah, yeah also, I just throw it out. Just, but when you throw it out, let me know where you throw it out. So I just, just, <laughs> just want to know. Give it to Charity. Just let me know My where you put it. His name is Charity. <laughs> My uh, last name is Charity. Yeah. I'll, I'll never buy a Charity watch. Charity guy. I'll talk about that later, but I'll never buy a watch that don't uh, look fine beautiful, at least for me. Uh, but the Boulevard, the main reason I bought it was of his backstory. Mm-hmm. That it went to space, it wasn't supposed to, kind of cheated his way, kind of cheated his way uh, outside of the uh, or this, atmosphere, right? And that'll be part of your uh, some of the considerations in the buying process. Yes, 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 yes. Oh. So you prepared. So, uh, uh, well, no, that's it. This yeah, is this that's is all he got. That's all of it. Well, he just came up with this. Yeah. As exactly. So, uh, so that was uh, my part, guys. Have a nice week. Yeah. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Perfect. The uh, the the rest of the episode is going to be so much yeah. better. So, Kevin, why are you uh, having on your wrist cheese this week? I am wearing the now discontinued the Seiko Sarb zero three three, and I'm wearing it on an Uncle Seiko Jubilee strap. I guess um, you can't say Jubilee, right? Because it's a proprietary. No. Yeah. What are they called? G Watch. J. 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 Yeah, and they call it JBL. O, the oysters, the O, but I think they just call it uh, Uncle Seiko Jubilee. I don't know. It is uh, really great, the bracelet, because unlike the strap coat, it's uh, much less thick. It has that vintage feel to it. Less Thule, right? Yeah, less Thule. More dressy. I agree. um, And this watch, it really, uh, I think it, it, it makes it a little bit more elegant because the watch has this like cushion case that is oh, a little beautiful. bit like a field. But uh, when you put it on this... Uh, I, I think they use the same case as they use for the Alpinist. The Alpinist, yeah. 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 I, I love that case. It's Except a, it's it a has cool, a four o'clock so compass in the yeah, Alpinist. Yeah, yeah. And this one has a 100 meter water resistance. So look, with a 100 meter water resistance on this watch, you can pretty much do anything. Pretty. And probably go to space. I can suggest to someone who wants go to, to buy... Someone who's like, I just want one watch. I want to pay... Nah, I want to wear it for everything. And it was like, want to pay five, six hundred bucks. This one probably... Can you still buy it? Yeah. For, but but it, it, can you, you can still get new, right? The yeah. rest of the like the remaining stock. R- remaining stock, yeah. How much? Five hundred bucks, five six hundred bucks. So new it's worth old it. stock. It's worth it. What's the movement in there? Uh, that's the six R fifteen. So it's the lower grade movement than the six R thirty five. So it's this the one, one has is it the, the s- no. It's R15. the same one as you had on your sumo, right? That's correct. That's I correct. See? So this so one. How, how I did this? That's well, right. Just the face. So it as has the. It doesn't have the large power reserve of 70. It yeah, has like. I mean, yeah. most, most watches don't have the same yeah. power reserve. And this one is like in the, the 38, so 40 it, it, It's just previous gen. We'll consider it less quality <laughs> because it's older. That's it. But I think, you know, when you look at an affordable it's, alternative, when you look at what Dimitri's wearing today, this is the, the closest thing you can get for yeah, on, on an affordable alternative. Very as comparable. A, as a do everything watch. I, um, well, Dimitri's watch is a little bit better. But that's the point. It's the affordable yeah. alternative. Not everyone can get the that. Only, but the, the only little little beef, not beef, but kind of Cow. the thing that I have with this watch is that because it's such a cult fo- it has such a cult following, the price is a little bit elevated. Yeah. I find. So yeah. overpriced? What it is? A little bit. A little bit. I, yeah. I think that $500, a little bit. it's a good, it's a very good watch. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like 
I should pay because you probably when when you bought it, you probably paid like three hundred something, right? Uh, no, I play I play like four, four. I okay, four for this one, yeah. I, I I feel like I would pay four. I think five hundred is a bit much, and I feel like it's because of the uh, the, the popularity that this watch has. But don't get me wrong, like I'm not shitting on it. I love that watch. I would love to own it. No, I, everyone I, has their own uh, opinions. Yeah, I'm okay uh, yeah. With it. I, I would also really love to see how it would look with like a leather strap because I think that oh, would, looks great. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can post some pictures of that. It's I a, have it. It, it makes me feel like it's a strap monster. I as put well. an, yeah, it is twenty lug, twenty millimeter exhibition lug. case back too, right? Exhibition case back, nicely I, finished movement. I, I, I didn't know. Nah, really six R six R fifteen. So it's it's okay. It's okay. pretty basic, but it's what is also as what the appeal. It's easy to service. It's easy to maintain. Yeah, beautiful. It does everything you need. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just do my uh, wrist check quickly. I'm actually wearing a new watch, and I think it's the first time it's making an, uh, an appearance on this uh, podcast. It is. And I have, honestly, this is one of those uh, examples of watches, kind of like the Reverso, and I'm not going to reveal the name yet. Uh, it's kind of like the Reverso where when I didn't know anything about watches and I saw this watch, because it's a very common and you know very popular watch, I just didn't like it at all. I have a friend who got this watch as a gift for his graduation, and he that's the only one he has, so he wears it all the time, every day, everywhere. And I felt like that's an old person's watch. That was my initial impression of this watch. You know, there's some truth to it for sure. Uh, but it grew on me so much that I, I just, I'm like, it's very high on my list of future purchases. The watch is, it's a, it's a Rolex Datejust, 36 millimeter with a, I'm, I'm assuming it's an 18 karat gold. Uh, it's not yep. fully gold. It no, has no. like- it's Gold a, and steel. A gold it's a two-tone. and steel, right? Two-tone. Two-tone. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a vintage 70s. watch. Uh, the, um, uh, the 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 main difference, I think, uh, comparing to the current, like the modern versions of the same, is that the fluted bezel is less protruding. It's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. more subdued. It's smaller. And the crystal. And the crystal is really elevated. elevated. It's sticking mm-hmm. out quite a bit from the. What from the year dial. is that watch? Seventies, seventy, like probably 73, 73. 73? Yeah, yeah. It's it is so slim. It's it meant is. for that year. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I and you know what? There's something that Rolex does very well. That two tones doesn't look too blingy they do it right oh it's, it, looks, yeah. it's it like, looks good and you're not an old man but i love it you wear it you look, it, it looks fits. great oh, <laughs> two-tone in, in, in those rolex vintage date just and it's the big most sold watch on chrono 24 i don't like yeah. gold watches in general because i don't like uh, i don't like the let's flash. say expensive uh, finish like mm. expensive materials yeah, i like exactly i like history and complications a lot more than uh, 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 uh and jewels right yeah, right but this is the only right. watch that I mm-hmm. feel like I would want to get. The, the, I like the, gold. the I like the Cartier rose golds that they have for the Santos and stuff. Those are also fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, those rose golds at like twenty k, oof, they're nice. And even the the new Breitling Chrono Matte, the thirty six millimeter in rose gold. Hell's yeah, yeah, fucking nice. Uh, Hell's yeah. Recently, me and Kevin went to one of our uh, authorized dealer in Montreal just to you know um, look at some watches. Yeah, because we don't never. Which yeah. which uh, which one? Uh, well, there was the uh, brand new GMT from Grand Seiko that was there for me just to look at. Is oh that the, the green one? No, the green one is a Grand Seiko boutique only. So the closest one to us is New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto, no? As well? uh, Toronto, maybe, but it's not a boutique. It's not a boutique. Uh, just a bigger store. And uh, it wasn't there, but it was the blue version of it. And we looked into it. It was really beautiful. But something I, I did try too before we, we uh, left the uh, AD uh, was the uh, Reverso. Oh, yeah, you the, tried the uh, large, right? The large, not the grand taille. Yeah, the, large. No, the biggest one just before. Yeah. I and love the Reverso. Thick. The only thing that kind of bothers me a little bit is that it's, it's thick. It sticks out. I don't know yeah. how well it fits under a cuff for a dress watch. For, Maybe. No joke. If like, you have a Reverso, you don't care, I guess. Yeah. Um, man, it was a, one of the first, first watch that Kevin really showed me and took the time to explain it to me. 
And back then it was like, you yeah. didn't speak English then. Yeah, yeah, I know, only French. He's like, eh, qu'est-ce qu'il se passe? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, back then I was like, uh, I don't know, right? Okay, I understand why it is. I understand the, the backstory and like why it's... It's a sports watch. It's a polo watch. Oh, yeah. it's so cool. Exactly. Oh, it, it grew on me so much. And I have the same story about that watch as you, it, I think. It, it grew on me too so, so much. Faster and than... I was wearing it. And since that day... Sore. That's all you think about. Every week, I go like on Chrono 24, I was like, what's the price? <laughs> I look into it and I was like... How much does it go for? Like the basic, the basic 70, that's just metal on the other 75. side. 75. Yeah. Small okay. second the, is like 7,500. Yeah, the small, smallest one, the cheapest one, but they're maybe too no, small six, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Four and a half, five. If, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, if they're beat up and <laughs> like six, it's too small for me. I was gonna say that's what she said, <laughs> but then I didn't say it. But then I still said it. So I'm not even sure if I made a joke or not. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> you know you're lucky. I was gonna say, and then you say it's like, yeah. dude, but you still said it. <laughs> so I, I wanted to say it, but it was too racist, so I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to uh, say? All this, but yeah, you didn't say it. Good thing you didn't say it. Yeah. So it's a half step to the Grand Seiko I want because the Grand Seiko I want is like ten thousand dollars. To, it's a big investment. Uh, well, sell a little kidney. Is it or a both of them? Big well, Seiko. I mean, if they're that cheap, yeah. they're used up. That Grand Seiko you want is a spring drive? No. It's a high beat. Yes. High beat GMT. Okay, yes. that's good. Yeah, you're getting 36,000 okay, cool. beats an hour. Yeah. 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 But at 10,000. Well, it's it's nine and change. That's but, a, you know, for me, it's snowflake or nothing. Yeah. That's oh, a, man, you remember that blue Kevin? Oh, my God. Well, no, we, we took time yeah, with the blue on yeah. the GMT near like the daylight and everything. It's it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. And, it's and nuts. I kind of I kind of fell for the elegance collection because I like that uh, Japanese like the yeah. new elegance collection they released last year. So I think what I he's like talking about is uh, well, me, me, it's part of the new sport collection. Yeah, but I think what Dimitri's talking about is this elegance collection yeah. is like this like cushion case with the small seconds. And but it doesn't a, have the spring drive. It doesn't have the. Spring and drive. that was yeah. honestly, it was a bummer. Um, it was a deal breaker. You know, it's a nice watch, but I I, I want I want that the what Grand Seiko is so famous for. You know, as I as I look to expand my collection in just general or like flip pieces. So how many watches do you want to add to your seventy watch collection? <laughs> no, my, I've reduced it a lot because oh, I'm, I'm selling sixty three because <laughs> I'm selling a bunches of like five to six to buy one. But, so like I bought my Pasha and now I'm looking at I'm something else. But just to get to the point about I'll Grand buy Seiko, your um, Milgos, I'll give you my. <laughs> How much money are you giving for it? My CWC. I'm not <laughs> I, I'll give you his CWC. This is and not ten dollars. This is not. Let's make a deal. <laughs> like so it's a deal. Isn't but, this the price is right? Exactly. <laughs> Wager it. Survey says no. That's the family of you. Family food. Doesn't matter. To what I'm saying in, in terms of like what I want to add to my collection. There's there's things that like I get attracted to and things that are not like I've, I've said in the past. One of the things I want to add to my collection is not a Grand Seiko. A I want to add a spring drive. Yeah, I yeah. think in everything that I read at the Grand Prix d'Horologie de Genève and you read all these things about what watchmakers are doing in the last 10 years people have come Staple. out with look at what I'm able to do look at what we've been able to do look at like these different movements for affordability or I'm going to say accessible because there are certain things like oh this is a double tourbillon that's 50 grand a ten thousand dollar watch is using like uh, car parts right in the <laughs> exactly for four hundred and seventy thousand yeah. dollars but my, my point is a Grand Seiko, I think it's such an achievement in watchmaking in terms of what movements are able to offer that I, I just, I, I would be repressed that if I bought a Grand Seiko that it weren't the GMT, uh, that it weren't that spring drive. Yeah, it has to be. And I really love that SBGM 221. The diver? The Saab uh, No, it's that GMT that doesn't have the bezel. 
It's like a cream dial that has a Dauphine oh, hand. Two, 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 one, blue, you said? SBGM 221. If they made that watch in a spring drive, because the way they work in Grand Seiko, you can buy manually wound, which is like the, well, the quartz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The quartz is the cheapest. Then you get into their automatic, the manual wind, because it's they're thin, spring drive, and then the high, high beat. beat. Yeah. Is there, is the there spring like drives are all of the 9R movements, right? Right. Well, I don't know the, the exact. I, they have a lot yeah. of movement numbers that are, I just look at their drive. But they only made that one in the, in the automatic, the GMT, this BGM221. If they could make that watch, with a spring drive for 7,000 instead of the five that is now, I would buy that watch. Would you get one of their divers that we saw at, uh, at Burks? It is instead lovely. Instead of a sub? They're humongous. They're big. It's 44 and a Tool half. Tool though, right? Less yeah. elegant than a, a, a sub. And they, they get away with it because it's titanium, so it's very light and it's very nicely done. But I've, 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 I've seen it next to the Rolex and it, it, it has some... F- it's just... It's, and it, you can't beat a sub. The bust, it, it's like... And it's, it's, it's trying... Something they, that's not original a, enough. A sub spent sixty years perfecting the shape, right? Yeah. So anyway, I think this will feed into my buying process where I was saying some of the things that like, what am I trying to do? Yeah. What am I trying to fill in my collection? And Would the Grand Seiko, achieve? the spring drive is something I wanted to add to my collection. But maybe we could talk we about that. We can actually have a separate process. episode about like a specific, not movement. necessarily a watch or a brand that you want to own, but a specific feature that yeah. distinct movement type. Not necessarily a movement, but a mm-hmm. specific feature that differentiates one brand or watch from another, from others right. that you just want to have in your collection. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can um, always let us know on Instagram for that. Big Black Clock. Or well, us. Love you just get show. dick pics. Yeah, dick pics for me, information for episodes to Kevin but like and low resolution, to, right? Because you don't care for a good resolution. Or you want like, a, like 4K. Full, 4K. It's okay, minimum. Okay. Let's bring it back, guys. Okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. We'll get distracted. 4K dick pics? Okay, let's start it. Uh, so, so what you want to put in your let's collection? Go, uh, let's go into our main topic. You know, this, yep. the, uh, this podcast is, it's the buying process behind a watch, right? Yep. So let's start, first of all, with um, what uh, makes you want initially to, to, to decide that you want to buy a particular watch. So you, you, we kind of want to understand your uh, decision process or maybe your thought process going from, hey, you saw this watch somewhere on the internet or maybe you on a, a poster somewhere to like, I want to own this, I'm going to buy this. And I think that the an important you know consideration to that is, is this your first watch or is this not your first watch? Because I think that will change the process entirely. And uh, are you filling a hole? Yes, that's what she said. In your collection. Not to me. <laughs> but they, they uh, to I think me. that's important. Um, for a first watch, let's say more affordable, I think we spoke a little bit of a process in the last episode. Yeah, fair. So for me today, I'll speak in, in general. Uh, like I'll talk a lot about my Pelagos. Let's assume that we are talking from our own personal perspective. Yes, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right? Like today. Yeah. Because I'm always shopping for a watch. <laughs> it's. Are you on the market? Yes. Like, like going to Watchville became like a part of my day. Yeah. I just go, hey, what's new today? Oh, yeah. What else is there that came out? So oh, there's a new Ming. Yeah. Oh, there's a, so so, so for people who yeah. doesn't know what Watchville is, it's an app that pretty much agglomerate all the big news outlets for watches. Yeah. It's almost like an RSS feed, right? For, exactly. For right. all of the watch, watch, watch magazines and websites stores as well right exactly but everything everybody who does like a review or any 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 anything about a watch any news piece about a watch it's always there so yeah. you, you see a lot of repetitive stuff because a lot of magazines obviously post the same thing about the same watch when it comes out but you get everything yeah um it's a it's a it's a good um, it's a good tool so i think you had some um 
pointers or a question at least for us, uh, Dima, just well, to start the conversation. Let's, uh, let me start the guy who prepared the list first, right? Uh, yeah. It's, it's always, it's always good to put somebody on the spot. Cool. Um, this is what I like to do because I'm an asshole. <laughs> uh, so my first question, how does one watch become appealing to you enough to make a plan to purchase it? Um, there's two versions of that. So I want the truth. Well, they're both the truth or not, they're, not they're the both, lie. They're both true. Oh, just, okay. Um, so it's either we'll go with like you said a bit earlier with Watchville or any good article that's gonna showcase a watch, and I'm gonna read through it, and if it makes a lot of sense to me or it really appeals to me, I'm gonna start looking into it. Pricing, availability. What makes it appeal? It's not like I'm, I'm curious to see what interests you in a watch in the first place. You uh, see a watch like in a store yep. and then you're like, ah, like I, something really stands out. Like, yep. what, what is that so thing? The thing, I'll join that to my second point is when you're in a store, right? So sometimes it's going to be what it looks like. It could be color-wise, it could be the shape of it, it could be um, the like bracelet matching with the case. There's one thing that's going to stand out in the article. Sometimes you're going to talk about the movement, right? So it's cheese. Exactly. The is, is there room for wrist cheese? Exactly. Uh, or sometimes it's like um, a showcase back, right? So we can see the movement and stuff like that. There's one thing that's going to stand out for me. Uh, if I go with my Pelagos, for example, I was with one of our, uh, in one of in our AD in Montreal a year ago, last October, and I was looking through um, Tudor and that blue, the Pelagos. Right. It was only one in the whole case. There was a bunch of Black Bay, a bunch of other tutors, but that blue stand out. Was it, it because it was unique or it was the color uh, combination? A little bit of both. Okay. So it was the only bright blue in the whole case. Right. Right. And so it catched my eyes. And right. I was like, I want to try this out. So an initial, an initial uh, key is something that you can't explain. Something basically like... Something that catches my eye, right? It's uh, not something yeah. that's logical or rational. It's just like, hey, I just, I just yeah. get captivated by this design, right? Yeah. So in French, it's like uh, coup de foudre, right? Uh, so love at first sight, mm-hmm. uh, and in that love, no, not familiar, <laughs> and, not and, in my country. And, and that situation was really the color. It stand out with everything else, right? So after that, the second step was I wanted to try it out. And it's true. Some of the colors on watches, and I, for example, my own, in my own, for example, experience. Like the blue on the uh, on the IWC a big pilot, right? Yeah, it's like it's you're pressed. staring into the blue sky, right? It just yeah, you get absorbed by that blue. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I I know what you mean. So, ask to try the Pelagos and tried it and like ask what straight up why is it so light? Right, right. Titanium. Cheap quartz, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cheap quartz, <laughs> shitty watch. Uh, the worst. Throw it out. Plastic. Uh, yeah, plastic. Uh, but yeah, so like, okay, titanium, right? And start asking questions and start being interested in... Tight. Tight. Um So start asking questions, start looking at that watch compared to the one in the case. And after that was compared to the other one in the shop. Because our AD has multiple brands, right? They only they don't only do Twitter. They don't Twitter, Rolex, and many others. Uh, so that was the first, first step. And after that, it was leaving the watch there, going back home and starting to read into it. Why are you doing it that way? What's the comparables? And just going through the whole thought process of comparing that watch versus other things. Same way if you at least, I think, buy anything else like a car, you're going to compare it to a right. product. I agree. So, and I think I understand where you, where, where, like how, how it works for you. Uh, just like for me, right? The first thing is kind of like you said, it's the food. It's... Yep. 
like just something clicks like something in my head for so like combination of you know my my brain cells just decide that hey this is what appeals to you it's kind of like yeah. you're seeing something pretty in the street right yeah it just like it catches your eye and then you start i guess looking into it and seeing hey what else is there behind the facade right exactly okay so that's my the the, the first thing was appealing for me right so so since there's nobody else on the podcast, let's go to the next question. <laughs> oh no, wait, there's someone else. Uh, so, Brian. So Brian. <laughs> no, it's uh, Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe. Meet Joe. Meet Joe, go. It's Mr. Meet Joe to you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't you forget. CBE. CBE. <laughs> so me, it's it starts like that. Of course. It starts like that. Like I said, I'm always I'm shopping. I'm riding my horse I'm always in the shopping. <laughs> I'm always shopping. And then when you look at a watch, it's like, you know, Good food, exactly. You see them. You 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 walk across the street and you're like, "Who's this good oh. food? Why is he always around you?" Know. And not to mistake to coup de foutre. Coup de foutre. <laughs> it's thing? just like this, like oh, and and that that looks interesting. Oh. And and oh, oh. And, and to me, the thing is that I'm a tough, I'm a tough sale yeah, for you, that. You go, girl. Keep yeah. telling, yeah. telling yourself that because I've been around the block. God I've, damn, I've had my experience with watches. So for me to get, uh, for me to get. <laughs> For me to get um, to 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 get me to notice you as a watch. Wait, we're not talking about your dating uh, life. What are you talking? About? <laughs> For me to notice you as a watch, it 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 has to stand out. And I like when brands take certain risks, and and it gets me interested when they when they take charge. When they take charge. <laughs> when it's risque. So so the first thing is, like I said, on one hand, I'm I'm always looking to I'm always shopping for a new watch. And the other hand is that I'm, I'm enjoying walking around, looking at different pieces, browsing the internet and whatnot. And then there is a moment where I say, okay, is there actually a potential for me to buy this watch? Where am I? What is exactly. the city? <laughs> Why there, am I walking? <laughs> is there actually a potential for me to buy this timepiece? So, so I'm going to put on my first hat here in terms of I'm shopping for a watch. And I'll literally say, okay, what am I looking for? I'm looking for, for like I was saying about filling a hole in my collection that's what she said. What would collection be, is she feeling a hole in? Why would but she? like, am I looking for a dress watch? Am I looking for a diver? Am I looking for Japanese? Am I looking for a specific type of complication? Am I looking for vintage? Those are things that I consider that are on my, that's what I'm, I'm currently but, want in my collection. But what if you go to Watchville where you don't really prepare for what you're going to see and you just, hey, something just pops. And like, oh. But there's a difference, like I said, one hand is what I'm shopping for versus the other hand is what is something that I'm attracted to when I'm browsing. And I'm, and I'm talking about how it makes it to it. Don't forget that the man who's talking has a huge collection. So oh, how many? What's the number again? 85. <laughs> you guys are just speaking. I thought it was like 3,000. <laughs> Motherfucker, you th- what episode are we at? What are you? What are just Sam Jackson? <laughs> what, 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 what episode are we at? He lost count at three. So where are you at? Well, how, how many watches? <laughs> said the guy was in 3,004 at some point. Which whoa, whoa, episode whoa. is this? 3,486 or something. <laughs> so. um, yeah. So what you're saying is you're categorizing your research. You want a Japanese this and that. And you want But that's when that. you're prepared in advance. But wait, that's, there's y- the shopping and then there's the I'm falling in love with. And I, I'm going to make the bridge between them. Okay. So the first Ugh. thing I'll talk. And so, yes, I agree with you. I'm like that. I look at it. And even when we're on our chat and Instagram, we share certain watches. I'm like, look at this fucking piece. And what do we always wear? We were like, oh, shit. Like, I need to yeah. see more of this watch. We're pretty much catcalling the watches. Exactly. We're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, so I'm looking at it. Also, 
in the buying process, I talked about filling a, a potential, you know, a, a desire in your collection. You're also going to want to think about guys matching it maybe for your fit, supporting an activity. Is it for summer by the pool? Is it because you travel a lot? You need a GMT? It's your style. And I was going to say, hiking, sporting activities that require certain complications. And the a, a piece to that, which I think is super important, is, of course, your style. What do you do day in and day out? Do you need... Um, a GMT complication. A lot of people don't. Our friend Anthony doesn't need one and he has one, but he got... Our who? Anthony? Exactly, sorry. Our, uh, you know... Connaissance. Exactly. Um, but 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 the point is that you, you want to consider that as well. What fits your need as well, fits your style. I think that's important what you do day in and day out because you might find yourself not wearing that watch very often, even though you like it because it doesn't fit your day to day. And that's also too bad. Um, and I find that's really cool as well when you have certain a personality that fits your watch because I think a watch has a lot to say. So I think that's important in the buying process for me. So if you're a douche, get a GMT Master to a Batman. And your name rhymes with Schmanthony. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Shmoney. Tony? Yeah, Shmoney. Yeah. Shmoney. 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 But you, which, by the way, we have on a list. I think we should have him on the podcast soon talk about his experience. Who cares? <laughs> so... I know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get no listeners. Exactly. On that one. So, so I that was the first, right? That's the first thing. So yeah, it is a thing about love, but I think there's a, a, a step it needs to do to make the list and we'll get into that later. So what's your next piece? Well, you know, um, I'll also go because I have my turn. Yes. No, you, you, don't, you don't talk, only ask. Moderate us. Moderate. I'll moderate you. <laughs> Made it sound like an insult. Yeah. It's not really an insult. It's weird. How do I keep talking? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, look, I, I, I really like a good story in a watch, right? Uh, obviously, I like watches with history. Um, there are also particular watch styles that appeal to me. But I, I kind of like most styles. So I do want to have a, you know, at least one style of each watch. One style in, or like a watch in my collection. So one, uh, one watch one. of each style. Yeah, one shitty one, one good one. One okay one. I'll ask for your advice when I look for a shitty one. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you know, and then I also like, I, as I develop my, let's say, um, knowledge of horology, there are different phases that I go through. Some of them kind of appear, disappear. Some of them stay longer. Some of them stay forever. Um, like, some watches grow on me over time. Uh, I think brand names play a big role for me, but not because of the marketing, but because of the history. Mm. I do also like micro brands, but micro brands, I think, require a lot more research. They don't appeal to me as much. I, like Because for me, I think the history and the part is so important that I would always tend to look for a watch that the brand that existed for like 100 years, right? At least, for example. Um, so like I like micro brands, like I said, uh, it's just that I will always tend to go for more story and you, you obviously cannot get that from a micro brand unless that micro brand is, let's say, a reference or an homage to some older micro brand that died and then was, uh, you know, reinvented. Uh, I would always kind of lean towards that over a micro brand. Um, but that's my own personal, let's say, um, um, uh, criteria. Um, obviously, I would... Uh, try to find a watch that to me feels like a good purchase. So I would look for uh, features like the, you know the the, the movement, um, you know the shape, the materials used, and some the complications as well. 
So all of those things are kind of deciding. But at the end of the day, when I when I browse Watchville or something, I would I would always see the picture first and like, hey, this like it's it's striking. It's it, the it's first thing. It appeals, right? And then I start looking. But I would never buy a watch anymore just by looking at a picture. I'll have to do some research. Yeah, but it's the first thing that gets your attention. It's always the visuals. Mm-hmm. It's always. The I think visuals. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. you got to like what you're wearing, yeah. right? Yeah. So I mean, like, um, going to the next, let's say, uh, step. So. When you, but at this point in your steps, you're not ready to shop yet. You're just no. oh, you saw a watch. And oh. like, you know what? This oh. this is nice. You see, Langmatic, and then you go oh, <laughs> you God know, damn. just like the master control, right? You see it, like, fuck it appeals. It's nice, and then you start looking at it like holy shit, it's thin. It has a crazy complication. Power reserve, excellent materials. Just the shape, everything just makes sense, right? Like there's nothing that's yeah. off place. And then you're like, God damn it, I want to have it. And you're like, oh, it's GLC. And like, what's GLC? And the GLC has this crazy history that's, you know, we, we had a podcast about this before. And you're like, it's all of that kind of like adds to the value, the perceived value of a watch for me. So that's when I go like, you know what? I'm going to have to own it at some point because it just, it's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not wearing my Speedmaster, but like wearing my Speedmaster, I'm wearing history on my wrist. It doesn't, it's not just the watch itself. The watch itself appeals to me quite a bit. Like it's a cre- excellent looking watch. But the fact that like the first astronauts who landed on the moon were wearing this watch, it makes a huge difference. That is like that's 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 a huge selling point. Um so yeah, that's um that's that's the that's the initial, let's say. Yeah, cool. Uh, so we all have different version of uh It's similar, yeah. The kickstart, let's say. <laughs> But I will say that my way I fall in love with watches now has evolved. I think that it's evolved because when I've, before you're more susceptible to different things. Now I look for different things off the bat. Right. And that helps with the way I'm attracted to things. And I think it just grows with taste. For sure. Your taste evolves over time. For sure. Cool. For sure. Um, cool, cool. Like the next thing I was going to ask is, you know, before you buy it, how do you decide if the watch that you want to buy is a good value? Right. What are the criteria you look for? Well, For me, the first thing I look at, which is important when I'm shopping, and this is advice to anyone out there, set your budget. What is your budget? Optimistically, pessimistically, and realistically. Set it, respect it, and consider servicing costs. And I really do believe that because you can get over your head. You might not understand what it is. It's like buying a really expensive car and then saying, I need to pay what for fucking brakes? And it's, uh, Servicing costs are important. That's right. So if you go for an in-house it, movement. Especially. So with your budget, set it, respect it, consider it. Um, so that's, fluff, right? that's an important piece that I, that I also um, uh, consider when in the buying process. Um, I have to really understand. You have to really understand what you want. And what more importantly is what you don't want. So when I start looking at a watch, I now, my first instinct, I look at him like, that's nice. Let's go to specs. And then I start seeing the specs. And then I got to even dig deeper. Because then most of the time they put in this caliber, blah, blah, blah. That's their house caliber. I'm like, yeah, but what is that? Then you read it. It's a 2824 Elaboré or it's a chronometer grade. You see what they put into it. And And then I start, I, I match that to the budget, the first thing. Right. Then the second thing, look at, I go, what's this company? Where are they from? And what are they doing to make this watch? What's by hand? What, what you know? What's in house? You, po- you probably also have a very good idea today. A certain type of a watch with a certain type of movement should kind of cost around this, right? Well, you know that the movement costs X. That you can know. You're right. like, if a Salida movement is a couple hundred bucks, 
You go, okay, it's you a $400 know, watch. You're like, okay, I don't know what they're making. They're not making that much. But then you're like, okay, they're putting in a Seiko NH35 at $40. Right. And they're charging me the same price as the one that's putting me in ETA 2024. And you're like, okay, or 2093, I've seen you go. You also probably know a lot of comparably featured uh, watches. Sure. So you, when you see a watch with a particular movement and you know a particular style of a watch, you kind of know how much it should cost around. Right. So you have a, you already have a good threshold, right, to compare. I understand. Yeah, and 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 also even then, I have a collection to compare it to. You, your best. Fr- how your, many watches you have in your collection? <laughs> your best. Yeah, but even all you'd have, all of you I have just, a collection. I keep forgetting because it's such a big number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I gotta write it down. <laughs> I need two sheets of paper. <laughs> <laughs> envelope, envelope one of two it's like what the, um, the the point is that you you refer to what you have as well it, 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 it's important to make that kind of scale and adjustment to see what this watch is really worth and also uh, you know even if you you want to consider or not it's important to know where it's made what's the identity of this brand are they just manufacturing it in a shop by hand is one thing versus right. it's somewhere in, in Asia. And there's nothing bad with Asia, but things can be done for very cheap and quick and you don't even know. And there's a huge thing around the watch industry where it's like some of these brands, they uh, they say Swiss made, but I hate that. you get a lot of pieces I in Asia. I hate the pretended uh, uh, yeah. production location, right? Yeah. When it's like, oh, it's a Swiss, uh, well, like Swiss, Swiss made is one, but like I hate when they they use things like uh, a Swedish design, yeah. For example, right? Like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But when you take something like and and really just they're, they're darlings in the watch world. They're darlings in the watch world is um, Nomos because of what they can offer. They're right. in Glasshut, which is a very one of the most respected places, and they're making in-house movements. Uh, all their pe- and the f- level of finishing is incredible. Right. It's a value offering. I, um, so you, yeah. that sends benchmarks when you go online. You go, What's the best watch for this? And then you kind of balance it yeah. out. Anyway, let's take a quick beer break and we'll come right back. And we're back. Um, guys, so uh, next thing I was going to ask you is the next step in your decision-making process is how do you control the urge not to get upsold by a more expensive and potentially better watch? You want to go or you want me to go? Well, uh you guys are too uh, nice. Yeah, I, I don't I don't control that urge. I'm just looking at what like organs I can sell. Okay, so I'll uh, go. <laughs> so Kevin, you go. Joe, meet Joe, please. The way the way it started was, like I said, was what is your budget? Set it, respect it. So the first thing I do is you need to understand what you want, what you don't want. And if you fall in love with a watch, like I was explaining before, and it makes it to your shopping list, you need to, I would say, leverage he, your... He's in- using his hand. Yeah, in Lever- leverage your internet searches, whether it's eBay, Chrono24, Watch Recon, Watch uh, Patrol, whatever you use, set your your uh, budget into your searches. That's one way that I, I make sure that I don't into. upsell. I stop, it'll, it'll, it'll ceiling at one point. The urge there is to make sure that you don't adjust your search to say, you know what, let me add 500 bucks to it because it can be never ending like you do with a car. I respect, I'm not saying I respect, but at one point I'm like, okay, there's, that's not what I budgeted. I'm falling out of my budget. Try to remember to stick in your budget. I think I have a very similar approach to this. Um, I would say that I would set a very firm budget with a buffer of about 15, 20% max. Yeah, that's what I said. So you have your optimistically, pessimistically, and realistically, right? So a $1,000 budget, I would pay 1200 for a watch, but not more. That's it. That's the- <laughs> I was shopping at a watch for about twenty five hundred. I was at like forty five hundred. I'm like, God, I this is shop. I got, I got, <laughs> stop, yeah, Kev. Like, yeah, so, yeah it's yeah. So close, but I'm like, yeah. no, it's not close. Yeah. It's- so, so just without joking, um, 
normally I just go with my budget and the way I, I go for it, if I go with my Pelagos, my last big purchase, uh, I look into it in October and I did my calculation. It was like, I can buy it for next November, not the month after that, but the next year. Mm-hmm. What, do you cal- what did your calculation say? Buy me. <laughs> buy now. Buy, buy now. now. So, so for me, it was like a full year, 12 months. And that's me. That's no one else. It was $5,500 Canadian budget for watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's me, right? And if I want a $10,000 watch, well, I had to wait two years for it. Mm-hmm. That's the way I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't... No st- relation to like money, just, just so, waiting. Exactly, right? So the thing is, I, I don't stop myself for what I'm looking at. I just wait longer f- to buy it. But that's my way of doing it. Has it happened to you that while you wait, you kind of you grow out of it? Yes. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want it yeah. anymore? 100%. 100%. That's I think part that's of a my... good way to wait because of that. Because if you grow yeah. out of it eventually, then... No, 100% we, right. And I'll... Get it. I'll um, and this is a great... I'm not promoting chrono 24 but you can add watches you like pieces you like to your notepad to go would you just click the heart there that's on it but um and heart is a uniform shape for it's in your watch list it's in your watch list so you can follow the market pretty much yeah Uh, but then the thing is that uh i have i make a watch list so what i was saying about those searches flood 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 see everything you can get within that price range what you're looking at and then make a list because at the beginning, we were just talking about liking someone. You got a crush. You're crushing on their marketing. You're crushing on their new brand. You're crushing on everything about it. You may really like it at the moment, but is it true love? I say put it on a list and see how long it stays on that list. See if it's what you continue to search on YouTube. And then when you go back to that list in six months, you're like, Jesus Christ, I had that watch on this list? That's happened. I haven't looked at that watch in months and then just lost its uh, flame. It's... Yeah. Je ne sais quoi. The the coup de foot just uh, just went away. Coup de foot, coup de foot, as they say. Coup de foot, c'est foutu. So so do you know what's the difference? question. Do you know what's the difference between coup de foot and coup de foot? Well, I do, but I think our listeners need clarification. So <laughs> please uh, uh, go ahead. Coup de foot really is, okay. is love at first sight, and coup de foot is come shot. And you are quite familiar <laughs> with both with, of those with the latter, yeah. <laughs> Okay. And that's what got him in trouble in high school when he was doing his paper. <laughs> so I had a good foot on my face. He's like, what? There's so much love. Wait. Was well, someone else's love, though, not yours. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's well, giving, it's even worse it's, it's it's giving love, right? Well, you were receiving love. <laughs> receiving love. That's it's warm love. This is a tangent. Stinky love. This is the tangent we should save for a different episode. Well, I'm probably going to cut it out anyway. So... But I yeah, think that, we that, you, you, I think um, that's my thing was about the list. You got to make a list and see how it stays on the list. I think I have a pretty good example. There's a watch that I was like really, really into for quite a long time, but I just never got to buying it. And eventually I stopped liking it. And that example is Zen 104. All right. I wanted it for a while. You've owned it. Yeah. Uh, but you've owned it before yeah. I got into watches. So I didn't mm-hmm. really like it back then. But it grew on me very quickly. I think a lot. A lot, a lot a, it has a lot of buzz. There was a huge influence of uh, Urban Gentry. Because yep. he was, you know, raving about this watch, and I saw a lot of, yeah, I saw a lot of. Reviews. Not only him, but yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a great watch. Uh, a little bit pricey for maybe what it is. Yeah. Uh, again, because it's popular, right? But Zinn owns that bracket. But I from one to two thousand, I think they like one hundred four. Killing it. We will do a separate it. episode on Zinn. Zinn. I mean, yeah. I think we should do a German yeah. watch episode, right? Yeah. Nomos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Zinn, Zinn owns that bracket. Lang and Zona. Yeah, but Zinn owns that bracket. I find that that I agree. one to two thousand. I agree, is unbeatable. Just... I, I but I would, I would get five five six. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That grew on me. That I didn't like. It grew on me quite a bit more. But 104 it was on my list for a long time. So, just removed it so, because so, I don't so think I'll get for, it. the flame left. For uh, listeners who doesn't know what a 5.56 five, is, it's the diver. It's a a 5.56 five, is like a field watch. I think it, it, it resembles, in my head at least, uh, a Hamilton Kaki field and mechanical. He, and I think he likes the I, the one that doesn't have the numbers. I, I like so the Roman. Uh, the A. With uh, the I like actual, the, the indices, like the Roman. The indices. The, no, no, I don't think there's numbers, right? Uh, gotta, I think it's the the four, five five six I. Yes, I yeah. think you're the right. A, the A has the actual numbers. The other one, I think, just blank. Uh, the Explorer. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't like the one that's the Arabic numerals. I that's do right. like the one with indices. With indices. That's, that's right. the five five six I. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's the A. But as I well, do. But yeah. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the H link bracelet. It's super tooly. Mm-hmm. I would prefer the uh, the version on the leather. I know, but like you 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 pay a premium for. But I think uh, they have other bracelets. bracelets too. They, have, they look up their fine link, right? Fine. If link they bracelet. do, if they do have, maybe I just didn't see, but it looks fantastic on their leather uh, strap. Yeah. Because it's a good quality. Yeah, talking about it. buying process, if you have the to choose between a band, a NATO, or but can a I, bracelet, can I exactly? I think to that point, what he just said is a good segment. I have it written here, guys. If you're new to watches or whatever you look at, and I remember even um, we have another friend who was looking for for a specific watch, and he was. I've heard Dimitri say it too, or, or Dimitri, one of Dimitri's friends. Or, friends. Oh, they go. Oh. Um, I really don't want a steel. Bra- I want a leather bracelet. And my my always first time I go, guys, ignore that. You can buy always, the metal bracelet. Buy the the steel bracelet. Take it off, and then go buy a leather. Bra- There's a and you know what the leather bracelets you'll find like from Hodink or whatever it is are much better than what they're probably selling yeah. you. And, and the resale value with the metal bracelet it's always higher. Exactly. And and, and but my. Uh, but also, guys, always look at a watch. Put your hands over the bracelets. Don't look at that. Look at the case. You can put whatever you want aftermarket. And even if the, no lug width is impossible because even 19 millimeters. There's custom have, work anyway. There's custom work. You can go pay a couple hundred bucks and get the perfect watch strap. Don't let that dissuade you from the watch. And I think a good example of that is Seiko that they invest a lot in the watch and their bracelets have a lot to be desired. But I, I'm Milton. Hamilton as well. But they put a lot into their watch and that's where you want the money. And then if you, the, the, well, or the cost, sorry. And then when you get the watch, Go get another bracelet. There's or almost, a strap, I mean. There's almost a $400 US difference between a 5.56 on a strap versus a bracelet. For sure. It's a huge difference. It is. But the resale value is... Yeah, but... 350 US. 350 US. It's but a lot. The, the resale is there too. If you look like on Corona 24, when they came on an OEM bracelet, there's like two, three, four hundred dollars different. And I'll be honest, when I'm shopping for certain watches, I look for the bracelet, not the one on the NATO or the one on the road. Same right. thing for me. Right. Even Oris, I was looking at some of their divers, I was like, oh, they have some on the the, the, the nylon strap. I'm like, it's not. Right. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so stay, guys, don't think about the strap. Uh, so buy, buy with the bracelet, buy with the bracelet. but change it if you don't like it. But to even the then, point, even if you point. don't like the bracelet or you don't like the strap, even if you don't like either one of them but you like the watch, don't let that be a factor in your buying what if it's a, a SKX 07 where the only version that's selling the bracelet is the Korean made and the one literally, that's Japanese made is on the rubber strap? Literally, there are sites called Uncle Seiko that sell millions of bracelets no, for No, but I mean, watch. would you buy the bracelet version? I have the 007J. I wanted the Japanese version. On the rubber strap. And it came with the rubber strap. So, I took it off but right that's, away. But that's an exception, right? Yeah, you would, I, you I would not the, get the bracelet right version in that case, right? Exactly. You would buy... But then I'll go buy diff- on eBay the bracelet right. separately and add it to it. So, But that's an exception. Yeah. Yeah, because it's market specific, saying. right? But we've had who was we were talking. I think it was Alex Cajon. It was just what, and he uh, said, "Oh no, I really want to watch with a leather strap." I'm like, "Dude, just get any watch. You can put any watch on leather strap, unless guys, you can't push that on people who are just, not into I know, watches, right? I know, but yeah, but you just, can't justify to someone to pay an extra three hundred dollar US 
for something they don't that's like. not what i'm saying i'm sorry right? I'm, I'm not being clear i know he's carl was saying buy the bracelet what mm-hmm. i'm saying yeah alex oh yeah, sorry what i was saying was don't let it be a factor at all Unless it's an integrated bracelet where you can't swap it out. If the price is very similar, I don't argue, but it's, yeah. there's a huge difference in price. I, no, 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 but it's not the price. When someone goes to a watch, you go, I don't like the bracelet. I'm like, don't let that be a factor is what that I'm I saying. That I agree. Yeah. If you, there's no option, if the watch only comes on the bracelet, that or even the leather I don't like that leather strap yeah, I'm like it, it but do you like matter. the watch yeah I'm yeah. like dude you can put any strap on that yeah. unless it's an integrated bracelet it's where it's custom but to me that's where I uh, you guys both said the same thing you guys were really focused on strap on I didn't say sense. anything yeah you winked I pointed you winked and, and pointed hey you <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows <laughs> he knows what he's talking yeah. about uh, like I always yeah. say cash guy cash guy that's inside jokes so the, the thing we have to understand here is the only thing that Kevin has in bigger collection that watches is trap-ons, right? I don't think it's, it's as pretty, big. It's pretty, They're no, pretty it's small. Not, yeah. The strap-ons Wait, no, are small. It's a collection is big. The, the strap-ons are small. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's what I meant, yeah. Um, you know, because the, 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 the replicas. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so back to the, uh, you know, we, we keep... The podcast. Taking tangents. What tangent? Uh, no, there wasn't the, a tangent. We're talking about watch, watch straps. Deviated yeah. a little bit there for, for a sec. Um, so we went through your decision-making process. You went through how you justify the price you're paying, right? Yeah, but you didn't talk about the, you talk about the movements and whatnot. Uh, well, no, I, I haven't. Uh, and this is basically, I guess it falls into maybe what kind of research you do before you purchase. Right. Yeah. And what is it that you look in the watch? Maybe there are, let's say you, you find the watch that you like. What is it that you, that you look for in the watch that makes your decision? So first thing I do, I research reviews. I start reading reviews on that watch. But more so than that, don't only look up at the reviews on the watch. Look up reviews about the brand. Look up reviews about the piece itself. Look up reviews about the movement, the servicing costs around it. Because right now, we're not talking about a cheap watch like we were in the last podcast. We're talking about something chunk of change. Something's going to collection. You're inside your collection. Multiple hundreds, yeah. maybe multiple thousands of dollars. Dozens and dozens of dollars. Exactly. Read the forums, That's guys. the way you count your dollars in dozens. Read the forums. My don't, salary, too. My advice, guys, read the forums, but don't get scared. Because there's always going to be the one-star reviewer, right? That's going to say it's the worst company in the history of the world. Always. Always. Don't take... They, don't take it uh, at face value. Continue to do your research. See what you see as a consensus. Guys, YouTube, they're your friends. Unle- and, and most of them now will admit when they're doing a paid review, but they're, you got to just watch and see, like really watch and, and listen, no pun intended, on YouTube, all the forums, read up on them. My last thing, which I think as is the most- As they say, take your time. Yeah. My last thing, which is really important, which a lot of people sometimes- don't like to do they almost feel i know that you guys sometimes felt at the beginning when we would go to an ad like i am almost i don't know if i want to go and start trying them on when you have no intention necessarily buying that day and at one point i was like dude just get over let's just go let's just try a bunch of them on we'll have some good conversation the the thing too is um to for example me like my all my visits bring brung um, all the way to buying a six thousand dollar watch right so i can justify 10 visits before that Right, to, but, but it's not only it. visits. Sometimes I just go to try shit on to see what's new and to see it in the flesh. That's okay. The this flesh, is what it's for. What you're trying. Well, if, if, if we, after Basil, I'm like, yeah, we got the new releases. I'm going to come in and try them. And then when you realize, I think with the turning point when we were speaking to, well, speaking to Dimitri as well, I was like, they're not in commission, eh? He's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. That it felt, it, yeah, like, you feel, you feel a little bit better. Like, I, yeah, I, they're just, they just I, want people yeah, to want to watch here it. in Montreal, we don't know. Well, there's a, well, yeah, there's some, and you can tell. 
That's a good point. I, yeah. I agree because if I go to a store and I know that on commission, then they will walk around you and try to help you buy something, and you know you came there just to look yeah. at things. They'll be. I would feel a little bit bad, right? I'm wasting their time and potentially their commission. So try it on, guys. Seek advice, and 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 you know, I'm going to. Don't be afraid to go try on pieces, and because folks who really like watches, they like watches, and they notice. And and like Dimitri was telling me a story when, when he was in Toronto with a, with a, a friend of ours, Radian, and they were at a watch shop. I mean, but Dimitri, I know was, him. Yeah, say. but Dimitri could actually, you know. He knew more than this salesperson was saying. They were at a, a large department store. They had nice brands, but this woman, she couldn't quite keep up. She she was a little bit lost, and and that ex- they were both getting tired of me. They're right. like, okay, enough. Like we don't want to hear about your. Uh, <laughs> we, we, like I was talking about yeah. the Murph, and I was like, look at the. the they see like little little markings on the the, 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 the seconds dial, yeah. seconds hand, and they're like, no, but I. Can't, oh no, wait, I see something. Like yeah, that's Morse code that says Eureka, and like. They both okay, let's, shut up. They're like, shut up. Yeah. Let's leave. Yeah. I'm done. So, so that that I think is important, which a lot of people sometimes they don't want to do, is to try them on. My last thing as well is that you're not going to because the internet is so potent as a marketplace to buy. If you are weary, watch a lot of YouTube's. You're ready to pull the trigger. Make sure that they have a good return policy because if you're like, I'm going to take it, I'm going to look at it, see how it fits, and you know, you keep the tags on. Most of these places will honor and say, just return it. It's fine. Without the rich cheese. And, and you know what? I'll just one more thing I wanted to add about returning something. Maybe not necessarily because you don't like it, but I kind of wanted to open up a floor for uh, defects. Not all of them. Not all of them. Boulevard. Well, Boulevard was one example. but uh, I think it was that piece. Boulevard's but, been around but for a long time. When I, when I bought my Speedmaster... Yeah, you had an issue. It was a brand new. Mm-hmm. It had an issue right off, right? I, I didn't notice it because I didn't look, like I didn't inspect it. But I noticed it like on the second day. Uh, and when in resting position, the the, the 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 chronometer wasn't aligning perfectly. It was like a little bit off, but it was still noticeable. Like if I look at it and once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? So I was a little bit like upset at the beginning because I'm like, God damn, I just bought a new watch. I want it to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And when I brought it back, they're like, yeah, we'll fix it for you. I, I kind of wanted... At first, I kind of like wanted to get it replaced, right? Yeah. And but then you didn't understand it wasn't broken; it was just. But adjusted. then I've looked it up. I've looked it up, and it wasn't really broken. It's just, yeah, it's just like adjustment. A, adjustment, right? Just yeah. So they opened it up, calibrated it, calibrated it. They told me how many seconds, like. Uh, but they didn't do it. Omega did. O- Omega did. Yeah. yeah. They, they they brought it back in like a new Omega box and everything. I have the box too, right? Yeah. And they they have like a I have like a printout of all the tests that they've done yep. with the times. Yeah. Because they 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 made sure like how they much regulate it. Yeah. They regulated it again. And they close it up. And now I'm kind of like, I'm like, I like that little thing about it. It adds to the story of my watch. Yeah. I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's perfect now, but I know that something was done. Like it's, it's been, let's say, yeah. serviced, which is cool. I, I don't know. I, I just, it's changed in my, in my yeah. hand. But it can make and break. If you, you had a good experience. Oh, yeah. And other people can have a bad experience with them yeah. and then be done with it. I was listening to a podcast and the guy was talking about Lang and Zun. And he's like, I want to go buy the Odysseus. And he had like 30K to drop on it. They go, sorry, you need to have been a client here. Yeah. And he was so insulted. And he goes, who do you guys think you are in some way? And he had such a bad experience. And their answer was so unacceptable to him because he was sitting there in the case. And he was like, well, you know what? Um, you've lost a customer. I'm like, ready yeah. to drop 30K and you want this exclusivity? You know what? Fair enough. I guess, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't like that uh, yeah. part about uh, the, the high horology. Yeah, the exclusive exclusivity, I don't like that very much. With, with, uh, the pretension behind it. Yeah, pretentiousness, yeah. I don't like that either. But then when you have a I'm sorry to interrupt you, Carl. The, but the, on the other don't end of it, don't do it again. When it doesn't you, matter. Yeah, it doesn't have anything. But then when you anyways. when you see like, look, we were chatting. I uh, was chatting with the 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 the, the CEO of IkePod, 
and we're having a conversation back and forth. Guy's really chill, and he makes a real, such a good experience. He goes, check this out, and we'll show you that. Let me send you an email that has that really info. involved. But I feel like it's because he's able to do that because it's a small production, right? It's so what? Small house, right? Once he goes above a certain level, he just won't be able to have a well, conversation no, with everybody, right? But it's you know, just not, possible. No, not a conversation. Not. But Nomos, for example, when I send my watch in for servicing, they send it back with a hand letter. They called me after, say everything good. How's it? Like follow up there's, there's a there's a customer experience is uh, is important and that can make and break your relationship with a brand because there are people we saw that our ad the guy says i'm like who buys that skeletonized santos he goes no there are people here who just buy cartier that's all they buy they're right, cartier yeah. and there's tudor holics there's seiko fans there's rolex fanboy rolex fanboys there's why did you point at me i don't understand because you're a tudor holic what yeah yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't even what? fight. He goes, what? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. I don't know why you're saying that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just to close that statement overall, I think it's a good thing to go to your authorized dealer and your town and just try on some watches and open that conversation. Yeah. Talk, talk with the salesman. They're going to help you understand some watches. And they're going to help you understand what you like, what you love. And shamelessly can always say that's the Big Black Club podcast that sent you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mention my name or Kevin's. Or Alex. Well, or Carl, maybe, maybe not. whatever. So what anyway. about you, Dimitri? What about that in your end? Um, I think that's a good point. Uh, going to AD and uh, checking out watches, then it's very important to know that most of them are not on commission. So they actually, and people who work there, they're like, they are hardcore watch enthusiasts. So if you want to talk to them about watches, they will be happy to talk to you. And it's a very different experience from just going to a regular store when you know they get you know commission from They're sales. They're working there by passion, not by need. Exactly. Most of the time. So you go there and then you, like you become friends with those people immediately. If you're into watches and you ask them interesting questions, they will be very very happy. They will be they'll open up and start talking to you. I think that's a and you'll have a good experience. And we went a few times at the beginning with Dimitri was getting into watches, and. I think he noticed that because I came there and I was just da, da, da. and when he started chatting about new releases, the guy was like he wasn't even trying to sell Dimitri. So Dimitri was just walking around looking at what he needed and, and, and then but I was just chatting with he wasn't like, What does your friend want? What does he want to buy? He wasn't like that. We were just like, yo, did you see the new release? He goes, Oh man, let me show you this or oh yeah, we're gonna supposed to get that. And I'm like, so what's it, this kind of back and forth? Yeah. It just made it totally casual and chill. And then it makes it just much more welcoming when you're like, you know what, I'm ready. I'm I'm seriously considering it. Okay, come yeah. and see me. We'll take care of you. And they do. Um yeah, so uh, next question for everybody. Yep. Um, do you guys get influenced by trends? And what I mean is like specific uh, styles of watch, you know, like the retro is making an appearance or maybe a specific color like salmon dials. Mm -hmm. Do you or do you not? Or it's, it, to yeah. an extent. Go ahead, Carl. For me, easy. Uh, in general, in life, I always like colors over black and white. So I'm just happy that like, Lately, you're not there's, there, lately, like Dial, Blue Dial, Green Dial, like came out and a bit all the brands, right? Over the last two, three years, right? So we have colors, and it's like in trend. So people are buying, buying more. So because people are just buying more, there's more choices, more colors. Uh, if you look at the last release of Rolex, they went like the uh, rainbow flag, amazing, all the colors, and that makes me really happy. Yeah. Same thing in cars, right? There's 70% of the cars sold in uh, North America that are black, gray, or white. Watch podcasts. I course. know, just an example, right? So for me, colors really make me happy. <laughs> so yes and no. So when there's a trend, uh, colors trending, I'll follow that trend because a lot more companies now offering it. So I'm going to look at what they're offering. 
Right. Right. But uh, obviously not every trend, right? Not all the trends. And that's because it's trendy I'm going to like it, but I'll follow it if it makes sense for me. If it's offer colors or a new variant that I liked before, but now it's more trendy. Are there any particular trends uh, worthy of uh, men- uh, mention for you nowadays, let's say? Well, <laughs> Anything you're into it that's a trend that's relatively I'll, 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 recent? I'll give two, uh, two examples. I really love green. For example, the... Like my Hulk. Yes. Uh, at some point, I would really love to have uh, SBGJ239 from Grand Seiko. That's green and white. Uh, I really love all the green trend that went over the last couple of months, years. On the other hand, like Kevin always loved to say, will it, uh, it two-tone? Will it two-tone? Will it two-tone? You could see a Basel World last year. With, or with the 2018? Year that, the year that Tudor came out with the two-tone silver and gold chrono. 2018. And the GMT Master 2 was two-tone. It was like everything was two-tone. will it two-tone. Like it said, so, will it blend? So, it was will, will it two-tone. two-tone. Yeah, will it two-tone, right? Uh, That's so, what I was saying. I was like, dude, everything can be, like they're two-toning everything. So Kevin made me laugh uh, with that, but I wasn't... Which is un- unusual for him because he has no sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, at all. Um, but I wasn't happy with it. Like the two-tone trend wasn't for me. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it really depends. Uh, I'll follow trends if it's talk to me. Is there anything That's today? a very diplomatic answer. Is there yes. anything I follow today? trends if I like them to be true. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I like things that I like. <laughs> Is there a specific trend today or trends that you like that stand out to you that you're kind of like crushing on? Like I said a bit earlier, the green colors. Okay. Came. Okay. The green colors will be talking to me. Salmon, really? So colors mostly, right? Yeah. Salmon is a excellent... Excellent trend. I, I don't really appreciate it, but fair enough if you like it. Uh, for me, for example, uh, sector dials. I, mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's making an appearance. There's a few watches that, that are doing vintage. the retro mm-hmm. sector dial, and that's why I kind of added the Universal Geneve pole router, pole router to my list because it has that. It doesn't bullseye. really have a, a like bullseye, a yeah. kind of a sector dial. It doesn't really mm-hmm. have us, but it has that line around. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of crushing on that salmon dial, bullseye. obviously as yeah. well. Salmon is hard, nice. hard to ignore. I think the I think the Baltic. I, I like I really of all the micro brands. I think I like Baltic the most. And what they can offer, yeah. And nice. they they do now have a, a sector dial, but I think they also have a salmon dial. They or, do have a salmon dial. Yeah. But if you look at, like my two salmon dial winners, well, there's one that's considered copper. If you look it up, it's the Ming seventeen oh six copper. That won the Grand Prix 1904? de Genève. Nineteen oh four. No, seventeen oh six copper. Uh, that one won the Grand Prix de Genève. Uh, that one and that watch was like thirteen hundred euros. But if you could get one, oh yeah, 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 okay, that's yeah. incredible. But I that's like copper, that but it's almost like the salmon. Yeah. And the other salmon that I really like is the Mont Blanc Minerva salmon. There's the Mono Pusher Mono Pusher Chronograph or the three hander that they have, which is a uh, H uh, H whatever. It's a, it's a Mont Blanc. You can look yeah, at the yeah, salmon. Yeah. That's a Minerva movement. It's that, like a Uni Pusher or something. Mono Pusher. Mono Pusher. Yeah, yeah, mono Pusher. It is. Stunning that chrono, yeah, that's yeah. really nice. It's so that one's so rose gold, and that's not the that's a Minerva chrono. It's also like so a like a twenty thousand, if I'm guessing. The watch, yeah, no, that watch was like six grand when it came. Oh, out. really? Yeah. Oh, only six thousand dollars. No, no, but I mean, but you get a, a lot. A chronograph in a Minerva movement, a Minerva chronograph is is is, is pretty affordable. spectacular. Well, that's very affordable, yeah. But my trend, the one that I'm really into, I would have to say I'm a sucker for is integrated bracelets. Yes. I, I do. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. I give, like no. that. Give joke. us examples. Uh, the new Frédéric Constant High Life, oh. the Cartier Pacha that has the integrated bracelet. You say that because you bought one. No, but it's not well, because, I mean, that's, but, why that's why he bought, bought it. it. <laughs> because he liked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But um, the integrated bracelet has such, when it's done right, has such a great flow. My Omega Seamaster, my vintage one, is an integrated bracelet. You can't just pop on anything in it. It has an integrated feel. And uh, the, the people tend to do that quite, quite well. 
Yeah, he's looking yeah. at the new Ming okay, 1902. So, the last so one's coming that's out. That's the last trend that you're on board with. But in general, are you following trends or not? Uh, well, uh, whether you like it or not, trends dictate their offering. Yeah. So you have to see what you like. Some of their offerings don't change because they're very... Uh, these are we always going to have a Rolex sub. We're always going to have a Datejust, whether right. you like it or not. But then the but trendy that's not a watch, trend, right? that's it. The trendy watch that comes out kind of dictates how it goes. So you have to see what you like. Do I follow trends? Am I attracted to them? I don't think that's a yes or no question. Exactly. Everybody follows I'm, trends. I'm, I'm, well, I'm the reason trends exist is because they amass are popular, right? Well, They're popular. Right? So it's you can't. Maybe you don't follow a specific trend. But you follow trends yeah, but, in general, but, right? But let me let me let me answer your question because uh, and I'll and I'll map it to what I said, so it makes sense. Like I said, there's things that catch my eye. I'm attracted to it. It makes it to the list. Will it stay on the list for love and make it to an actual potential? I'm gonna buy this watch. That's a process. So it's the difference between the do trendy watches get on that list? It happens. Yeah. But sometimes they don't. Okay. So the difference between the uh, right. <laughs> love at first sight and the cum shot. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, yeah. definitely is. Like those are definitely very different is. things. That could ruin a night <laughs> like that. Like that. Those are very um, different things. But I, uh, that's I was, like that's like destiny or destiny at the strip club. <laughs> it's two different things. Uh, but She's I was my destiny I, or man, I'm gonna go see destiny. <laughs> you got some singles? <laughs> God um, damn. Anyway, next subject, Dima. Well, I I kind of want to add some more to no. the trends before Too you. Know, I, I know you you want to skip my turn as yes. usual. Uh, I do follow trends for sure. Uh, that's the nature of trends, right? Like I, I don't, I don't follow all trends. I do. I, I will obviously only follow the ones that stand out to me. I think nowadays, and I just mentioned that I, I really like uh, sector dials. I, I, I also like the trend for retro watches mm -hmm. that Done they're right. bringing back, like vintage dress watches. Vintage in general, I love, but I, like I need to study a lot more to be able to buy my vintage watch. Mm -hmm. um, the yes, the colors like for me there's a time when i i was like crushing on green oh yeah and i bought my uh i bought my sumo uh uh hulk what was it what color was your alphaness again a blue and it was trendy at the time or i love that blue it was a limited edition it's but great, the thing is great watch. the problem that is was my question there was okay. only one website that showed that watch when it came out and the way they took pictures made it seem a bit different than what it actually was in real life Good marketing. Well, it's a little bit deceiving. L like, that's, never mind. Like, that's good marketing in general. When I look at when I looked at the pictures, it looked the, the the dial looked blue and matte, and that to me, like, kind of like with your um, Pelagos, right? The blue, the matte, it just it, it stood out to me. I just it, it, I, like I I, start, I immediately fell for it. But when I purchased it, it was more uh, in line with the classic uh, Alpinist. It's um, a sunburst blue, not the same at all. Because it it only appears matte at at a very particular angle. At other angles, it's uh, it, it doesn't look at all the same. So I did like it, but not as much as what I was sold. It was a controversial topic when it came out. That that yeah. specific watch when it came out, it, it it caused a lot of controversy on the internet. So, what one piece of advice you know, having bought a lot of watches or really been into it is, I agree. Colors are super attractive they can make or break a watch photography impacts that one if a color seems really man that 
dial, that fumé blue, that gradient fade, you know, all those things, if you can't see it in person, that's what I'm going to say. So even if there's micro brands, you can go to... It's tough when it's to, like a limited edition, that's, right? That's right. But if, but, if, but if you also know you can sell it, there's no real risks, you know. It's just the gymnastics that's of why going I through it. it right? uh, I, yeah. I, I even made money. Like exactly. I, I've sold it for almost... I've done it many times, by the way. Yeah. I bought a watch. I'm like, uh, okay, roll the dice. But I know enough that I'm like, I'm not going to lose money on this. It's yeah, like, yeah. And then I take off the bracelet. I'm careful with it. But my point is, my last thing, when it comes to colors, colors are fun and colors are great, especially if they're done right. That's very important. And you could say green is, is hot right now or whatnot, but some people fucking like green. I wear a Hansel lot. also. I wear so a lot right of blue in my, and I just look at it in my, in my closet. It's a lot of blue and I get, I tend to get attracted to the blue dial watches when I, right. when I shop for them. It's like, it's just, I'm attracted to that. Is it a trend? Mm, but it's my preference. Right. Sure. But colors when done right can make or break a watch. I think blue was around for a long time. It's not, blue's really not offensive. It's yeah. there. Exactly. Green is a little flat. People like that Hulk, they go, you but know, the, 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 well, Hulk is nice. It is nice, but it's not for everyone. But when no, it came out, it wasn't. Everyone's like, all right, that's too now flashy for me. And I was like, fuck, I wish I got one. Yeah, they were having a hard time selling them. I saw a, a meme recently. Now that, it's impossible. Like, now it's double the price at least, right? $30,000. Jesus yeah. Christ. But that's 35. a Rolex. That's a Rolex uh, diver. It's, it's, yeah. it's the, the common thing. But, but the green's done right. And then you can other ones. They want to they make it seem a certain color, and you get it, you can be very disappointed. Yeah. So it's important to see, like, if you look, like, one that jumped out at me, I'm like, that dial is incredible, is the Oris got to look it up. Loris ba- Lake Bacal, Baikal, which is a... Baikal. Baikal, which they did a, a freshwater... They did a freshwater project of... Con- like, they, they, they want to protect it. They're just freshwater lake by volume in the world. Yeah, 20% of the world's fresh... The, the world's freshwater comes from Lake Baikal, but they have an, a... a, 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 a a specific program with them that dial is fucking incredible oh yeah I've seen this one you this saw, is Diver 65 Baikal edition right or something like this it's, not, it's the Aquas it's not Aquas sorry Aquas right? yeah, I, I so see it, that yeah. watch is is stunning as a dial so that that can also be attractive is it a trend I don't know but sometimes a dial a color can make a yeah, break yeah absolutely I agree with you Doxa fuck the orange dial hells yeah right so yeah I got uh, two more questions for you guys yep. before we uh, wind down um when it comes to buying vintage watches, what do you do differently? And what else, what do you think is very important to do uh, in addition to what you're doing when you buy a, a new watch? I can start my first thing when it comes to that. Seek advice. Um, ver- uh, whether, you, whether you know it or not, online, there's a lot of sales, uh, sorry, there's a lot of uh, sellers, whether it's on eBay, whether it's just websites. HQ Milton is known for selling vintage watches. These people are reputable. Uh, you can trust them. So the first thing you want to do is, is be able to find a person that you can trust or sites that you can trust to say, okay, I'm safe to shop from it. If you're good enough and you're able to look at it, you're able to say, you know what? Open up. Let me see some pictures of that movement. Do research on the movement and really go deep dive into it. I tend to to do that. Depending on how much I'm spending, I can see whether the movement's been tinkered or not. Because if a guy's selling a watch for four or 500 bucks, he's not going to go through the trouble of trying to mimic or fake right. a movement. You'll be able to see if there's new pieces in an old, in an old watch. If you're getting into something expensive, then you want to go and maybe someone reputable who'll be able to consider and say, look, this has been Frankenstein or, or something's been changed in it. So that's one of those things that I, I try to consider. If you're going to go vintage, make sure you're buying from somewhere that has a, a good reputation. Um, I don't own a new uh, vintage watch, but the only thing I can say, it's not uh, a first-timer watch. Don't start with a vintage. Unless, unless you have a friend that he can help you. Unless yeah, you're a uh, unless you really have a good circle with you, like right. people uh, that you right. can trust or shops. Like, right. But don't trust with a vin- don't start with a vintage if you don't know enough about watches. That's a fair point. 
Uh, not saying don't do it, just if you do it, Beware. there's a lot of research, there's a lot of you need to know. Beware. It makes sense. It's like buying a used car. Like you're buying like potentially... Buying a classic car. Classic car, yeah. Well, a classic car, but even a used car, let's say that's out of warranty. You There's a lot more things you have to look over for and be aware of yeah. before you uh, uh, buy because what if you get a lemon, right? Yeah. What if it's going to cost you so much in repair that you will regret it like the next day? Mm-hmm. The one thing that I, uh, that, I, that I would add to this is if you're buying from a reputable uh, seller, like uh, Kevin, you mentioned, yeah. like AH, uh, HQ, Milton. HQ Milton or I don't know, like Bob's watches for used Rolexes and shit, stuff like that, right? Maybe even, Which isn't vintage, but it, yeah. Maybe even Chrono 24, because I assume they have some sort of a They're verified control. dealers. Verified and dealers. they have authenticity guaranteed, yes. Yes, and, and there's warranty and stuff. Make sure that there's warranty. That's it. That's the, my last bit I was going to say. The, most of these places will offer a warranty so you can get that peace yeah. of mind. And one more thing that I wanted to add is that if you're buying a, a vintage watch of a specific brand, look up a little bit about the reference number. Right. Is that the ref- like? Is that a good value for that particular reference number? Because right. it's very difficult to price vintage watches properly, and some of them might be a little bit more expensive, some of them less expensive because of some unique feature that you know that stands out. But also, so you want to make sure you don't pay too much for something that instantly is difficult to sell for a similar price, right after. And I'll add on to that because I think it's something very important. We, have, we, we need to know when you're buying a specific uh, vintage watch, you're buying a specific watch, that brand with that specific era. So Omega is a good example. If you look at Omega now, Omega is right up there with Rolex and the top tier brands. But Omega in the 60s and the 70s were not expensive watches. So you, that's why when you look on the used market for 60s or 70s, Omegas, there are fairly cheap watches out there. Right. It's because they were much more affordable back then. So you got to right. be considered to that zenith yeah. as well. And now they're fairly expensive. And back then as well, if you look, I'll give you a brand. Movado was really expensive, made some really nice things then, but now has become a right. brand that's a little bit more affordable. Leaning towards but, fashion. But you'll be like, well, a bit. I don't want a Movado, but it's like, but if you knew what Movado was back then, the same Agreed, as you go, yeah. yeah, but I got an Omega. It's like, yeah, but you got an Omega from the six. Right. You don't, it's not the same. Right. You have to consider those things in your, or yeah. have them in your consideration. So all in all, you have to do a lot more homework when you buy a vintage right. watch. Um, so my final question uh, on this podcast before we wind down, and this is more of a general question. I think it kind of touches everybody. And then, you know, people, even if, even if people don't really care about watches, it still is a relevant topic. We live in a society that's, you know, a lot, it's driven a lot by consumerism. Mm-hmm. Um, so consumerism is basically you, you, you're constantly being pushed on to buy new products f- uh, through different advertisements on social networks, uh, through, uh, I don't know, uh, news websites, every, everywhere you see ads. And now they're, they're, they're catered and targeted ads, right? So everybody has an Amazon account and you always have advertisements for, oh, like, hey, look at this thing, maybe you should check out. Massage. And there's always a new product that's supposedly... Uh, solving a particular need, mm-hmm. but that need is not a real need. It doesn't exist. They're creating a need. Yeah, they create a need and then try to solve it. So there's got to be a better way. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, you're chopping vegetables. There's so, got to be a better way. Does this ever happen to you? So <laughs> I feel watches As on TV. As on watch TV. A, a, like a watch is a luxury purchase. It's frivolous. We agree, right? So nobody can tell me I need a watch, right? You want mm-hmm. a watch? It's a, it's a, it's a, it, there's no justification. Yeah. I call it functional jewelry. It, yeah, that's what I call it. But like, jewelry. I'll be honest. I, I I rarely look at time on my uh, watch. Yeah, because I always have um, phone, computer. my phone, my computer. I have like two computer screens. I have like I have a Fitbit. Like, it just everything is telling me time in my face. Yeah, 
I, there's never a need. And then they end the time I see on the screen is a lot more precise. So the general question is such, um, considering the consumer's culture that we live in, what do you do and how do you deal with the urges to buy something you don't need? For me, it's easy. I'll go back to a point earlier. I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah, I'm poor, so I cannot do anything. Oh, that's hilarious. I live in a box. <laughs> I live in the street. I own two watches. I that's eat dry it. spaghetti. <laughs> no, um, it's going to be different for everyone. But for me, is um, I plan my budget for everything during a month, during a year. And I always a year. Yeah, you know, you this know year we'll spend seven thousand dollars on medication. But that's a very good point, point. and I think that people who are very good with their finances follow yeah. that same similar principle. Pretty much, right? You have to know what you spend things on. You have to control yeah. that. Right? So I'll go back to my pillagust, right? I was like, this year I can put six thousand dollars aside for buying a watch. So whatever the watch is. That's my budget for this year over whatever I have in my collection. Right. And I just go through it. Like, I don't control my urge inside that $6,000. I control it Fair. outside of it. It's mm-hmm. a, this is the amount of money you've prepared to spend on a watch. It takes discipline. You could have. That's good. Yeah. It, it takes discipline. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying, especially when you really want something, it's hard. I'm like, I used to rebuild cars. I burned way too much money in that. Right. Like, too much. But it's my way of doing it. At some point, you cross a line between, you know what? It makes me happy. Yeah. And you can't really put a price tag on that as long as it doesn't bankrupt you, right? Yeah. But if it's almost bankrupting you, it's okay. Whatever doesn't kill you, almost kills you, right? That's what they <laughs> That's say. That's what they don't tell you. That's <laughs> what they say. But you. it almost kills you. <laughs> That's what the doctors don't tell you. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll go next to that point. But before you continue, just, I'll yeah. just add one sentence. I agree with you. And one thing I would say, Never buy a watch on a credit card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have yeah. the money. Or on the side, buy on credit cards for the points and pay yeah, a credit yeah, card. Let, knows what well, I mean, don't don't use indebt your, yourself. Don't indebt I mean yourself is, uh, for watches. Don't put yourself into in credit. Don't in indebt yourself debt, right? for credit yeah, for watches, yeah. Even if you have cash you might not have the cash for the watch, right? You have to have the cash that you want to spend on the yeah. watch. Yes, yes. There's a yes. yes. It's not so, catch. You need to afford it. But that's a very general basic. Yes, yeah. for anything. Yeah. Just because you have money doesn't mean you yeah, can afford like, it. Yeah, like you should technically supposed to have three months of expenses aside. You're not touching it. That's what my bank is saying, at least. Okay. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. Right. It's like if you can live without any paycheck for the next three months, you're that's your like cushion. Like you put it aside. Cushion. You know, cushion. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have enough food in like my pantry that I can live for three months. But it's the same thing. Like, not well. Just not well. I'll <laughs> what do you have? A cup of flour? I, with? I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I, I'll have rice. Tap water. Just rice and spaghetti. Rice and spaghetti every day. A lot of ketchup. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> don't, don't put yourself in debt for a, a watch, but budget it. Like put it, your budget down. And if you want something that's $10,000 and take you three years to get it, Wait three years. You're going to be so happy when you can get it. So I, th- I agree. And uh, I think there's a very satisfying feeling when you've saved up and you're able to to buy something that you really like. I think that takes discipline. So when you buy your first house, you buy your first car. It, there's there's something very... Bugatti. <laughs> exactly. Bugatti, you said? Yeah. Bugatti. Um, I think that's, that's, that's an, a nice feeling. Myself, I find that as I get older... Um, so old. 
there's less of a desire for quantity as there's so much for quality at the end of the tunnel yet <laughs> i don't know i'm kind of blind <laughs> so <laughs> my vision is really deaf bad. but i've got it getting blind but the be, but to me it's just as i get older i just find myself more attracted to function than form or i find myself more to quality comfort, qual- comfort more you quality like new balance shoes more and more <laughs> quality over quantity so i rather invest in something there but the other thing is too i um I'm not very, outside of watches, I'll be very honest, there's nothing much that I'm deeply uh, uh, considerate about in terms of frivolous expenses. I don't care enough about shoes to go and buy really, it doesn't mean I buy the cheapest ones. I'll do a minimum of research and say these are the best shoes at that price point. Those are excellent shoes that are like at four or five hundred bucks. And they'd be like, oh my God, but you know what? I have one pair. Or I have yeah. a winter jacket. I have a very good winter, uh, macage leather jacket. I have one, but there's people who have so many, many of them. You're being meticulous, pretty much. You're well, looking it's just, into it. Once and you, it's just that other than watches, these are things that I just I have one of the things that I need or a couple, and that's pretty much. I don't really put too much value to it, and I really use that term from Fight Club in consumerism, saying, "Why am I going to buy?" Talk st- about it. Yeah, but he goes, <laughs> "Why am I going to buy a bunch of shit with money that I that I don't have to with impress people to impress I don't people like. I don't even like?" Yeah. So buy shit that I don't need to impress people I don't like with money I don't have. Like something like that, right? Yeah, that's actually exactly how it goes. Something like that, right? So I kind of believe that in a lot of ways. I'm like, and, and for me, watches... There are watches I have. A lot of people are like, "What the fuck is that?" But I'm like, "I like this watch." But and but it's for me. And yeah. at the end of the day, that's all that I need. And that's my last thing about buying, guys. Buy what you fucking like. Buy what you enjoy wearing day to day. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You want to, you know, seek people's advice to say spend or don't spend on this because of your value. But at the end of the day, you got to get what you like. But within reason, obviously. And that's right. how I kind of look at it. If I'm going to be like, now I made a point where I'm going to sell watches to buy a watch. I want that watch. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell three or four of my pieces for so that one watch. The way I see it for, for you is you have a budget for your whole collection, let's say. Not like for me, it's per year. Mm-hmm. I can expand this per year to either upgrade or sell some and yeah. consolidate it, right? You, it's overall, your collection is worth X. Yeah. And it's like... stay within that. I'll stay within that, right? Yeah. So it's selling watches to upgrade. No, but or, but he, also he, it's how much he, I wear. He got to that collection, right? So... To have yes. a collection like this, you have a pro- you are in the process of building a collection. Yep. He's already there. Well, but I'm, if you're, but I'll also say this: if you're wise, or you start getting better at this, like I've gotten better at it, you can buy watches that will make you money. And I've yeah. been able to buy watches oh, that yeah, I've enjoyed, sure. limited editions, sure. taken off the strap, uh, kept it in the box, wore it a dozen times. Seven months later, call it brand new, never worn, and then sell it for three, four hundred bucks more. But and keep doing that. Next thing yeah. you know, a ten thousand dollar watch you paid two, three thousand to actually get it. And I've I've been able to do that. But my last piece is that outside of that, what I do to not like you said, Dimitri, I come back to how do you stay out of it? One is patience. I yeah. realize that there's stuff that I may love or like, and I do the same in the world. I'm like, do I really need another one of those? No, so right. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, that's I fair. exercise patience, and I think that comes as well with age. I think we're younger, we're more impulsive. Let's go spend money at, at this term. I've got money burning hole in my pocket. Doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. It used to. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go shop today. I'm because like, now you I'm no like, bills to pay. Exactly. Um, what now? I um, I agree. Just wanted to add one more thing. Um, when I search for a watch. One of those things, and you just mentioned it, like I, I tend to look for a watch that I know it has a resale value. So my cost of ownership would be very, very low. Doesn't mean I want to buy a watch thinking that I'm going to sell it. But I know, I like, I try to f- look for a watch that I know safety net. that if I decide to sell it, I will still recover at least 70% of its value. That's excellent. So that mm-hmm. to me is a, is, is a, one of the 
one of the key criteria I use when I try to look for a new watch, right? Yeah. And, you know, to, to add to the last thing about the consumerism aspect, I feel, and you just said that, I feel like, unfortunately, those one of, it's one of those things that comes with age. You, and, and it's everything. Like, like, kind of like when you become a watch enthusiast, you stop looking into fashion brands, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I don't care about brands so much because brands, you always pay, like the Beats we were mentioning before, right? You, you don't pay for the product. You pay for the name. Marketing. Exactly. So you, you know, because it's a, it's a famous name, it's not the, but you really are looking for a product. So if you want to get a quality product, you have to understand that if you're getting an expensive, famous name, you will either overpay for the, for the product to get the same level or the, the product itself will be cheaper because the rest of the cost goes to the name. But that comes, I think, you understand as you get older the value of money. Uh, yeah. So you, you, can't, you can't really force it. It's just something that just comes to well, you. Well, look, I look time, at shoes right? now. And I look at it, I'm like, let me see the sole. Is that leather? Let me see the inside. Let me see the quality of the stitching. I look at that shit now because I'm going to buy $200 pair of shoes. I'd rather pay $200 than sure. the $70 pair of shoes. And you go, this is much better quality and sure. it's going to last me a lot. And you know, they have. The well, look, I I, I, I've had a perfect example. We have, there's a huge uh, Montreal-based brand called Aldo, right? For shoes. Yeah. So they're like a fashion They're brand, around the right? world now. They're huge, right? Yeah. You know what? They make good styles, but everything is priced $100 when it comes out. They make stylish shoes. They're made of terrible quality materials. They only last one season. Yeah, but I, it's, there's a term for that. It's called fast fashion. And yep. you have to be yes. careful of that when it comes to watches. Like all the Zaras and the H&Ms Zara. and stuff. And it's good. It's It has its purpose. It's People a, like it. There's if you a just niche. want something for a season, you got kids that are growing. You know, they're not going to last long. You're like, you know what? Fast fashion. Um, yeah. Uh, so they all those, right? I, like, we all work in the in office environment. I used to, at the beginning of my career, I used to buy all those shoes, right? And they would last me a year and then they just fall apart. But the problem is that they don't age well. You wear them for a couple of months, they started wrinkling and they, they just look ugly. And then at some point, I'm like, you know what? Let me invest in a pair that's three times more expensive from a very reputable brand that only makes shoes. And you know what? I still have my first pair that I bought like seven, eight years yeah, ago. Yeah. You just have to resole it uh, once in a while, mm-hmm. do some, you know, polishing. What are Edmonds? And it Edmonds? I have a bunch of uh, Johnson and Murphys. Johnson and Murphys, okay. Yeah. And like I have my winter boots that I bought, Red Wing. Red Wing, yeah. Very expensive. But goddamn, I've had them for eight years, wear them in the winter. They look like new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do my Timberlands. It, yeah. It's just winter, like, yeah. That's value. And the thing is, when, when they get uh, refinished, like you, you polish them and stuff, they look a lot better than brand new Aldo's. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is some sense to this. And I think it's the same when it comes to watches. You buy yep. a brand that has a lot supporting it, that has a reputation for quality. Alfa Romeo does not have that. And, you know, but, but, but it says a lot when you're doing research for cars, you know. But I think Lada's do, are pretty famous for their reliability. <laughs> but and I'm I'm not trying to shit They're on them. The same, but what I'm saying is that the same car for 45 years. Look, guys, when you look at <laughs> once what, you get something right, what's what's the point of changing? But it? when I, like we talk about Oris, Oris is offering 10 year warranty on their movement and yeah, their watches. 10 year service. You don't need to service it for that, 10 the years. The confidence they're is, standing behind yeah. it, and they've been around since the 1800s. Yeah, so yeah. that's got to say something. Instead of someone who just came out with a brand nice and flashy. Yep. So if anyone listened to the put, the previous podcast, we're talking about cheap watches. My original grain, the warranty was a year hmm. for everything. A year. They don't have a lot of confidence, I guess. And They're still yeah, after twelve months, you're on your own, bitch. Still around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know what, guys? Let's start winding down. I think this was a very interesting episode. Uh, not really a tangent. This was a good discussion. I think. A lot of fun, uh, guys. So. 
Hit us up on the Big Black Clock official uh, on the Instagram account. And if you want to email us, send us to bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions, anything that you'd like to talk about. What's your buying process? We really want to know about it. And any suggestions of what you want us to talk about in future podcasts, please send your dick pics to Carl. Send them in the best Always. definition possible. Send your money and endorsements to Dimitri. He's uh, I accept for cash. Uh, I don't like a paper trail. Please, PayPal, uh, no. Cash is good. Money, tra- money order is Money order is good. Yeah. yeah. So guys, be safe out there. We know it's not an easy time, but uh, be safe out there. I know you're, um, don't forget to go vote. Did that already happen? I don't know. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's way like you're a month uh, late. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So guys, you guys be safe out there and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.